0: Welcome to the Canine PT Academy podcast. Business lessons for canine rehabilitation therapists. Introducing your host, Dr. Francisco Maya. Thank you for joining me for another episode of the Canine PT Academy podcast, Business Lessons for Canine Rehabilitation Therapists. This week is actually a holiday here in the United States, Thanksgiving, um, which actually, since I grew up in Brazil, it's not a holiday that I grew up with, although it's a holiday that I've come to enjoy quite a bit. Mostly, I think, because get to uh, eat a lot of good food, but also got to spend some uh, time, you know, with my wife's family and get to see folks, and it's just an overall fun time, but... The one thing fun about uh, Thanksgiving as well that it's it's a time for us to reflect back and be thankful, you know. And I wanted to say, uh, first of all, I am very thankful for all of you guys that have been listening to this podcast that I started now. What about like four months or so ago? Um, just thinking. To myself that, hey, there must be something else that I can do to help people in our business and thinking that maybe a podcast would be a way to to reach to you all, to to reach to my audience and be able to talk about the things that I wanted to talk a little bit more and the feedback has been phenomenal and I'm very, very thankful for every single one of you who uh, have downloaded, who have shared the episode or anything. Um, Any of you who have written to me, let me know how helpful the podcast has been. Any of you who have left us a review uh, telling how helpful it has been to you, I I truly, truly appreciate that. That means a lot because it it gives me the energy to consistently keep getting an episode out every week to you all. And that's going to be, you know, continue to be my goal for... I can tell you the foreseeable future, have a lot of plans for uh, the KNIPT Academy going into 2023, plans that we're already trying to figure out, you know, what we're going to prioritize and what we're going to be implementing. And <clears throat> all I can say is that it's just very exciting to plan for what things could be. And I'm very thankful for you guys to give me the, the proof, I guess, give me the proof that there are people out there who need my help. And the podcast has been uh, a, a great uh, way a great vehicle for me to communicate with you all so so thank you thank you very much and I'm also super thankful as well to to my staff at the k9pt clinic as well because if it wasn't for them, then I wouldn't been able to to do this with you guys, not only because a lot of what I share with you are lessons that I take as a business owner from helping us grow from helping my team and whatnot, but also because they are the ones who help make the K9 PT what it is. They're the ones who help that clinic run as, as it runs, which allows me the flexibility, which allows me the time to be able to tackle other projects like the K9PT Academy. So I'm very, very thankful for for the team members that we have at the K9PT as well, which led me to think about, okay, then what is something that I haven't talked about on this podcast yet that that it could be helpful that uh, sometimes people ask me, or sometimes I see getting discussed and that kind of stuff. And it was actually the topic of who should we hire first? as a solopreneur, as a, as a very small uh, business in the animal rehab world, who should we hire first, an administrative or a clinical staff, okay? And that's what we're going to be talking about. Now, I feel like you can make an argument either way. I honestly don't think there is a, a right and a wrong answer, but what we need to do is understand the pros and cons of each option, of each decision, and then uh, I'll leave you at the end of episode by the end of the episode with my take on why I chose who I chose, the role that I chose to be my, my first staff member and, 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 and why that is a decision that I think it is more beneficial or at least to the type of business that i have created and the type of business that i help a lot of people create but once again i feel as long as you understand the pros and cons of each decision and you understand then how to risk mitigate of course against the cons then you're going to be in a in a good position regardless because no matter who you bring it's going to be someone who's helped you grow your business it's going to be someone who's it's going to help you help more pets and more pet owners are on your area. And at the end of the day, you know, that's what really matters. So let's talk about clinical staff. Let's talk about the idea of hiring uh, uh, a clinical staff first. And the reason why I'm bringing that one first is because I do feel that more often than not, that's who most of us tend to want to hire first. You know, uh, uh, and us, I mean, cannot rehab therapists, no matter if you are a physical therapist, a vet, or a chiropractor, chiropractor, or whoever it is. That's what I have noticed. Usually, the first people that we put in our minds that we want to hire is another clinician, another therapist, and the thought process behind that is that. It would allow us to build a caseload and then hire another therapist to offload some of that caseload so we can then, quote unquote, work on our business, right? So the thought here is, okay, I'm going to be able to uh, build the caseload that I have built on my own and then offload that caseload or at least part of that caseload to someone else. So then I have more time myself, in this instance, Francisco, the clinical owner, to be able to work on the business, okay? And that can go well if you understand the pros and the cons of that decision, okay? I feel like a lot of times clinicians tend to uh, uh, steer that way because financially we feel more comfortable about the decision because we look at another clinician as a staff that can, that can in quotes, generate revenue, okay and i say in quotes generate revenue because the way i look at things might be a little bit different the way i look at things is every staff generate revenues no matter if it's an administrative or a clinical staff they all generate revenue and for the most part i hear people saying well but a therapist generate revenues because the therapist is the one who is seeing the patient right and that service that we provide us seeing the patient it is what you know generates the re- revenue but my argument is that without the support staff, it would be much, much harder and sometimes maybe nearly not even possible for the therapist to do their job at the highest level possible, okay? And also mention the fact that without staff that does marketing and without staff that does some sort of like sales or nurturing, then you're handicapping yourself from building that case load, anyways right so to say that a marketing staff doesn't generate revenue for me the way i look at it it's not true because without marketing there will be no leads coming through to your business and without leads you don't actually have potential new evaluations uh, to be seen so that's why i don't like using the term a staff that generates revenue versus a staff that doesn't generate revenue Okay, And I feel the other reason besides that that we tend to feel more comfortable usually hiring another therapist first is because that's a role that you and I feel very comfortable with. We're very familiar with the role of being a canine rehab therapist. And because of that, we find it much easier to recruit and to train someone to do what we do, which is treat patients, you know, where we might find a little bit more challenging to recruit someone for a role that we're not 100% sure what entails. A of role, a client experience specialist from desk type of role, or a client manager role, or a marketing role, whatever it is. Because if we don't feel comfortable with those things, then we ourselves feel a little bit uncomfortable. Okay, how do I know what questions to uh, ask during the interview process to find someone in this role? And even if I find someone for this role, you know how do I go about training that person if it's a role that I'm not 100% familiar with? So all of those things are taken away when you and I are hiring, are hiring another therapist because, of course, that's a role that we're very, very, very familiar with. Um, and the challenge is going to be, in, in my point of view, on how you're going to grow their caseloads if you're busy treating patients for a full caseload as well. So that's my challenge when I start thinking, okay, what's the biggest con of hiring a clinician first? So from my point of view, the biggest con is to think that, well, I'm going to build the caseload for this person, which I think it, it can be done. But what we got to understand is the challenge that it's going to come along with it, because If you're also busy treating patients yourself, then how are you going to build that caseload as well? How are you going to manage to grow their caseload while still maintaining your own number of patients? Who is going to be doing the marketing that's going to be necessary to attract more leads into your business? Who's going to be doing the administrative tasks that are going to be needed now because of the increased demand, increased new number of leads, increased new number of valuations going through your business, right? Because an increased caseload for you and a second therapist also means more medical records that you got to go after, more potential veterinary referral form forms that you got to go after, more phone calls, more follow-ups, more scheduling more uh, transactions, like more of all these operational tasks that at this point in time, if you don't have someone else helping you with, then you're going to be the one who's going to be doing that yourself. Sure, whoever you hire as a therapist can help with some of the day-to-day kind of stuff, but I feel it can be very tough for us to hire someone for that role expecting them to be able to do a whole lot more. Not saying that they're not willing to do a whole lot more if needed it, but in the long run, that's not for the most part what they want to be doing. What they want to be doing for the most part is treating the dogs, is seeing their patients and not doing the marketing for you. Not calling veterinary clinics left and right, asking for uh, uh, records and whatnot. You know, so that I feel is one of the biggest cons that you just have to be aware that it is going to happen if you hire a clinical staff first also a a, a big con that i have seen for you for you know and if you haven't seen it then i do want you to be aware of it is when i have seen solo clinicians solo rehab therapists that have grown uh, a fairly successful fairly busy uh, business on their own is that a lot of them rely on word-of-mouth referrals to build their caseloads, which that's wonderful. That I'm not saying that that's a bad thing. That speaks very highly to the level of service that you provide, that people keep referring more and more patients to you without you having to necessarily do a whole lot of marketing on your own. But the tricky part with it is that it often leads to those referrals, to those pet owners wanting to see you ...rather than whoever you hired as the new clinician... ...because their best friend... ...because their family member... ...because uh, potentially even their veterinarian... ...told them that... ...hey, you gotta go see Francisco... ...you gotta go see Dr. So-and-so... ...you know, and suddenly... ...they're calling your practice and want to see you... ...because they were told that they need to be seeing you... ...so suddenly... You do have potentially another rehab therapist working with you, but your schedule is the one that is very, very full because pet owners want to continue seeing you and their schedule is the one who you're struggling to get filled to build it up because they're being referred to see you rather than going to see your practice, rather than to go to your business. And I have seen that happen over and over again, okay? And, and, and that's yet another benefit that I have found to build a true marketing system that doesn't rely on, on you necessarily. Like, I think the marketing can still have you be the centerpiece of it. But if you're going to build a business that is sustainable beyond you, then the message also got to be that no matter who they see in your business, who, no matter who they see at your clinic, they're going to get the same level of service that they will be getting with you or whatever other therapists, you know, and you got to build that up not only through the operation procedures that you have, not only, of course, through the training of your therapist and whatnot, but also through the marketing as well. It all starts with the marketing and how that message gets across to people. Okay? So hopefully that, that, that makes sense. And I know I kept saying a lot of the, 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 a lot of the cones of hiring a clinical stat first, but there are pros as well, right? I feel like the pro of it is that it, it, it can put a little bit of less of a of, uh, financial burden on you because it can be a staff that can start seeing patients right away and more immediately help build your caseload. So that's definitely a pro. Okay. And the pro, of course, I feel it, it, it does make the onboarding easier because once again, it is a role that, you know, very well, it is a role that you've been doing yourself for, for a very long time, you know, and sometimes even through your own networking through the years. Of meeting folks, of you know, maybe attending conferences, networking online, kind of stuff. Then sometimes you ended up finding a therapist who who, who is looking for a position, and then you can even potentially bring them part time first, with a goal of transitioning to them full time as their case load builds up. That's a big big pro of it as well. You know, if you're able to do it that way, because of course it's it, it, it's a safer financial investment on yourself as a business owner. But for me, personally, I am a big proponent of hiring first an, an administrative staff. Okay? Now, the biggest challenge with doing so is that it's going to require planning, especially when it comes to the finances that are going to be required. Okay? Because... In the true sense of the world, of the word, yes, they're not generating revenue because they're not seeing patients, even though, like I said, they are generating revenue in other ways. But because it is going to require time away from you, potentially seeing more patients, at least right away, to help onboard that person, help make sure that we're setting them up to success and that kind of stuff. It's going to take a little bit of that away. Or at the very least, you're able to maintain the same caseload that you have been maintaining. But now, you know, you, you, you have an added um, expense under your payroll on a monthly basis. You know, so your revenue is going to stay the same. But of course, you have, you're going to have an added expense. Now, I truly, truly believe you're still going to get tons of ROI, tons of return on your investment from bringing that initiative person first even though your accountant, your bookkeeper might say otherwise because of those added expenses. But what I'll tell you is going to be the time that's going to allow you to to, uh, buy yourself back. okay? Because once that person is trained, once that person is doing a lot of those back-end operational tasks for you, then at the very least, that's going to mean you have a, a couple of more hours a week that you can see a couple more patients. And if you're seeing probably two or three extra patients a week, that already pays for that added expense, if you want to call that, that you're going to have it. But most importantly, it's not even going to be that. It's going to be the time that's going to buy yourself that now you're not going to be spending an extra 10, 15 hours a week doing all those operational tasks. Now you're going to have someone doing those tasks and they're going to do those tasks more than likely better than you Because that's going to be their full commitment. They're not going to be doing just those tasks kind of like when they can. Like when we do, when we're so busy treating patients. So they're going to get processes done. They're going to fine tune those systems. They're going to make things work much smoother for you. While at the same time, giving you that extra 10 to 15 hours a week back that you are doing those tasks. And that's when the magic happens. Because when you get those hours back to you. Yes, you can use some of those hours to see more patients if needed. But most importantly, you can use that time to think and strategize on how it is that you're going to keep moving the business forward because then suddenly you have someone who can help you implement things. Suddenly you're not as much anymore on the hamster wheel of just getting things done over and over and over again. Okay, And that's what I feel just very, very important to understand. And for me, that's why it's so important to bring that administrative person first. And yes, that very first administrative person might be a little bit of a jack-of-all-trades, in a sense, because they're going to have to do things that normally would fall into at least two different roles. But you're still going to define... What's going to be their primary role? Let me explain what I mean by that. So, when I brought my very first administrative staff, so we're talking this was back in um, May, June of 2019, I'm I'm sorry, excuse me, 2019. So, around May, June of 2019, I had a a rough timeline, a plan on how things were going to go. Now, did it fall exactly how I had planned? No, it didn't especially when it came to timing and stuff. But overall, the plan worked. So what I mean by that, it was it was uh, uh, basically around March, April of 2019, I've realized that I was literally losing business because I was just so busy treating patients, which is not a bad problem to have, right? But I was so busy treating patients that I didn't have time to do intake calls for new leads. I didn't have time to follow up with those leads. I, you know, I was just so caught up with the grind of every day that suddenly my ability to see new patients was going down because I was losing this potential new, play, new patients. So I realized, okay, the first thing I gotta do is bring someone whose primary role is gonna be that, doing those first calls, nurturing process, And then, yes, still doing some scheduling, with some payment collection, with this, this, and that. But primarily, this was what I call, up to this day still, our client manager role. Someone whose main role is to get on the phone call with with new folks, to discuss how we can help them, listen to what's going on with them and their pets, go through what's the process of of, uh, seeing us at the K9PT, And then, you know, nurture those leads, stay in touch if needed. And then if they book going through the process, okay, you know, what's the process now kind of stuff. You know, that takes time on someone's day. That shouldn't just be a five-minute conversation. So that was the main um, goal for that role. Now, when I hire, then... I still had to have someone who did a tiny bit of marketing, posted some things here and there, helped me put together some different brochures here and there, helped me uh, 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 build some relationship with veterinary clinics, schedule lunch and learn. This person also had to do some payment collections, some scheduling, and this, this, and that, which would be more now, you know, of a more traditional front desk role. But I knew that the goal was to eventually hire other administrative staff, but I just had to start somewhere. Then the goal became, okay, that person came on board in June of 2019. At that point, I was looking, at that point, remember, I was mobile. So I was looking for a clinical location, looking at different places kind of stuff. And the goal was by the end of the year, that year, 2019, ideally to be opening the clinic. So then the goal became the next step, in the process, well, not only the next step of finding a location, but also of um, finding another another therapist. Because I was, you know, that person was going to grow into the role through July, through August and September to the point when it was going to really um, help me see more patients. And then at that point, we also have some very good lead acquisition systems in place and whatnot that I knew that it will put us in a very good position to bring another therapist, not only because now we would potentially have the clinic space, but then now I would have the administrative help. So bringing another therapist was going to allow me to focus my time in the very beginning on helping train and onboard that therapist while this other person was taking care of all the different administrative tasks. And that's why, That worked very, very well for me. And maybe it was because I knew what the pathway was in terms of the growth that I wanted for the business and that made sense. That I knew that the business was at one point in time grow much bigger beyond than just me. So for me, it made sense to build up that way. Now, potentially, if you're different, if you are telling me, hey, friend, I actually just prefer to keep seeing. More patients. I don't want to necessarily grow into this business owner where I'm not seeing as many patients anymore. I want to continue seeing patients. Then potentially bringing, like I said, that part-time clinician who can start maybe at 10, 15 hours a week with you and then build it up as they build the caseload could work well for you too. But at one point in time, you're still going to need a administrative person who can help you do all those back-end things as well. So... So just keep that in mind. So that's why going back to the beginning of the episode, that's why I said that there is no right or wrong answer. I feel what we need to often do is understand the pros, understand the cons of each approach. And as long as we know that, we can make a much better informed decision on what works for us and what works for you, what works for your business. And of course, as I keep preaching over and over again, that's the most important thing. You got to do what works for your business, not necessarily what works for someone else's businesses. So hopefully today's podcast helped you think a little bit more on, on, on different perspectives, different angles of who to bring first, a clinician or of staff. And if you have any other points to add to it from your own experience, I would love to hear that as well. So feel free to reach out, Because I feel this is always a topic that's gonna keep coming up over and over again. Okay. So once again, thank you, thank you all for your support. Truly, truly appreciate it. Okay. And for you guys, for you folks here in the United States, have a happy Thanksgiving. Thank you for listening to another episode of the K9PT Academy podcast business lessons for canine rehabilitation therapist. If you enjoyed what we had to say, please make sure to share or subscribe to our podcast or even leave us a review. You can also email us at hello at k9ptacademy.com that's hello at canineptacademy.com with any questions or suggestions and go to k9ptacademy.com to find more resources and content including our fee calculator spreadsheets which is absolutely free and will help you determine how much you should be charging for your sessions because let's face it determining what we should be charging is one of the biggest struggles we have as business owners in the canine rehabilitation field you can also find all of that